Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We talked last week on fear as we began this series on listen. There, that we said there's so much noise and there's so much clutter of noise in the world around us. And what voice is on the megaphone in your life? On any given day, maybe today, what is that? What is dominating your thinking? Because whatever's dominating your thinking will control your feelings and how you live each and every day. And it's up to us to get what is good and true as the dominating theme of our lives. And we need to crank up what's good and what's true. Amen? We need to crank up what's good and what's true. And today, I want to talk about our past. That's what's on the megaphone in our lives. Something took place in your life, the story of your life, so significant that it's on the megaphone, and it's shouting today. It's shouting something from your past. And it's followed you maybe through every season of your life. It's the prominent theme in your life. Maybe as you sit here today, there could have been a loved one that's taken from you. Something devastating occurred to you, and your whole life is turned upside down in a moment. So maybe somebody failed you, or you failed, and it could have been a decade ago. Who knows? Could have been last week. But that's what's on the megaphone right now in your heart. And what happens is if we allow it, we'll allow our past to control our future. Have you ever felt stuck in maybe a moment or stuck in a season in your life? Now, not, that doesn't mean it all has to be bad. It, it could be a great moment. It could be the guy in his 30s still wearing his letter jacket around, you know, that's trying to control his identity for the future, or it could have been kind of the lowest moment, right, that you think about, and uh, what happens is if we think so much on our past, we think, wow, I'm not counting much about my future. So what happens is the megaphone many times comes into our life, and it speaks things over us from our past, whatever it could be, and it could be a failure that you're still living in. You're still living in the collateral damage of a failure that took place. It could be lies that you keep listening to and you keep believing from years past that you thought were gone. Things that maybe are stuck into the closet of your life that you think, wow, but they're still there. They still come into your thoughts and they still come into your feelings. And that's what's on the megaphone in your life and mine many times. What we have to realize is that there's a better way forward and God has a better way forward for those that are stuck in their past. Because listen, holding on to your past clouds your perception of the present. Our past acts as a filter, distorting what is real and what is now going on. Whatever we choose to layer onto this filter will determine how we act and how we react and how we see even others that are around us and even how others see us if we allow it. It could be our past with its bitterness. It could be our past with its hurts or it could be the promises of God. The worst thing that can happen is to allow ourselves to dwell in the past. In doing so, we're allowing Satan to have a foothold in our present and in our future together. 
And what God is wanting us to know today is that he is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. Let me say that again. God is doing a new thing. Can you say that with me? God is doing a new thing because he really is. He tells us that even in our world, even in our nation right now, God is doing something new. There is an awakening that is happening. God is doing something new. Amen. And we need to be reminded of that today. Now, some don't want anything new, like I like it the way it is or the way it was. And I want to stay there. Some prefer for just to hold on to that. And how many of you know God is a God of motion? Did you know that? Did you know that? God's a God of movement. He is a God of motion. And he's moving you and I towards his plan today if we will allow it into our heart. Matter of fact, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, tells us, he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. What's he saying? Well, there's a new heaven, there's a new earth, there's a new future, there's a new eternity. God is a God of motion. And he's wanting us to go with him into our future together. And so that is his promise to us. For so many of us, it's so hard to get past our past. Because why? Well, we sometimes trying to move forward but it keeps pulling us backward as well because we're holding on to things that we did, thought, or wish we would have done. God's will is that no matter what's in your past, that he holds your future. Because every person in this room has a story. Every person here has a story. And you know, if we heard every story in this room today, the common thread is we all have a past But in all of our past, there are seasons that we want to take control of our future and we really do want to move forward. Now, we have to realize no matter how big our story is, huge it is from our past, that God holds our future. God is already in your future. Did you know that? He's already in your future today. Will you go with him? You can break free from your past. And I don't know if there's anybody here that wants to start something new because God's doing something new. So if you, if you want to move forward and you want to go forward into your future with God, here's a couple of things I want to just remind you about. Number one, you have to go back. If you want to go forward, you have to go back. Isaiah chapter 43, if you have your Bibles, if not, it'll be on the screen behind me. Verse 18, here's the prophet. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the what? Past. See, I am doing a new thing. Don't live in the past, but see, I'm doing something new, but that new thing you got to be reminded of, you're going to have to go back a little. And so in verse 16, right above this, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished and snuffed out like a wick, praise God. What's happening here? God is reminding his people of his story and their story. Isaiah, we know, is a prophet who's right in the middle of the story of God. And in this prophetic word, God is communicating to them and to us today his love for us. His love for us so much that he has a plan But he also gives them a warning in the midst of that. You know what? If you're going to keep walking away from me and keep dwelling in the past, that is going to cost you. And the cost for Israel was exile in Babylon. And we just think Babylon was just a place in the Old Testament. Let me tell you something. Babylon is still alive and well in the day and age that we live. That mindset of disobedience, of of sin, of staying in that place that we should no longer stay. Uh, Babylon is alive and well today. 
But God says, I'm a God of provision. I will provide for you. I always have. And I've got a plan. The good news is I'm coming back and I'm going to get you and I'm going to bring you forward into the new beginning, I promise. I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to make it new. And you can trust me. Remember this. We have to go back sometimes because you and I need to be reminded of what God did in our past. We need to be reminded of what he brought us through. I made a way through the sea. He said, I've opened up the waters. I've took enemies captive. They all sunk to the bottom of the sea. So forget about the past. Don't dwell on where you were because I'm going to do something new. And, and he's not talking about having amnesia, right? People think that. No, it's so you won't remember pain or failure. He's saying, I just don't want you to dwell there. I, I just don't want you to live there. Don't keep feeding the meter and staying at the same place in your life. Don't just build a dwelling in your past, a permanent address. No, I'm going to do something new in you. And it doesn't mean that you forget that it's not real, but that you are reminded that you and I are called to move forward in God. God moves us forward by taking us back first. So we need to move forward. If you want to ruin your future, just ignore your past. The positive is if you want to realize future success, then you would need to acknowledge and address your past. We have to go back sometimes. We have to address the things that are in our past. Yes, that, that seem messy and, and they weren't right and they bring fear in us. And there's a lot of things on the megaphone of things that we don't go back and touch, but we need to go back and touch because God's making all things new. You know, isn't it interesting when Jesus would encounter people in the New Testament, he would step into their story and he would meet them. He knew there was a story in their life. Even before he heard their story, he knew their story. And when he called Zacchaeus down out of the sycamore tree, Zacchaeus is hated by his Jewish brothers and sisters because he's working for the Roman Empire, taxing his own people. And Jesus is coming to town, and you know this, 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 uh, this fun story, this great story that represents our life many times, but he sees Jesus coming because he's up in a tree, but, but Jesus stops and says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm going to your house today. Wow. And people are like, no way. Jesus is going to this evil tax collector's house today, and he does. Well, this guy works for the government, collects money from my people to pay the government, and ultimately they're going to use it to kill Jesus. What we do know is Zacchaeus turned his life completely around. Zacchaeus says, I'm going to go back, and anybody that I've cheated, I'm paying them back four times. Wow. Jesus is like, hey, we're going back in order to go forward into your future together. Because you know why? Jesus knows we all have a story. Jesus knows that every person in this room, sound of my voice, has a past. Something that we wish was different. And many times we're only locked into the microcosm of that moment. And that's how we operate day in and day out. We all have a past. But how many of you ever use these things in your home? There's these, they're white little sponges. They're a magic eraser. Like you can rub that on the door handles and it looks brand new. Jesus is not saying that in this. It's just going to be like a magic eraser in your life for all your problems and pain and sin. He can heal that. He can forgive that. He knew the woman at the well. He knew her story. She was dwelling in the past. And he wasn't there to put her down. He was leading her forward into 
the future he had for her. Because we have to go back a step or two because we're, and we have to know that God has a future for us. How do we deal with things to move into the future? How do we do, how would, how do we do that? Well, we know how we do it from our default. Humanity is isolation. Well, I'm just gonna isolate myself from the rest of the world. And, and, and a lot of people are really, really good at that, you know? We just stay isolated. Maybe it's numbing the pain, whatever that may be. Going like, you know, hey, nothing ever happened. And we deny what happened in our past. So how do we deal with our past if you're a follower of Jesus? Because that's a great question. Well, it's with Christ and it's in Christ. How do we deal with our past? How do we do that? We, with Christ and in Christ. That's how you go back so that you can start again with Christ and in Christ. With God, you can go back and he can do something greater through you than you can do on your own. Isaiah says, this is what it looks like, verse 19. See, I'm doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. There there may be somebody today who would describe your life as being in a wasteland as you sit here and listen to me. That's a barren place that there's no fruit, it's dried up. In any direction you look, all you see is desert and that's where you are. That's the person that God is speaking to in this moment. He's making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That's his promise. Then he goes on. The wild animals honor me. The jackals and the owls because I provide water in the desert, streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself that they may proclaim my praise. The pathway that God is talking about is actually the person in the work of Jesus Christ. Now, it might actually be a stream in the desert. The jackals and the owls will tell you about it. He parts the seas and drowns out the adversaries. But more importantly is that the pathway is a person and his name is Jesus. How many of you are thankful for that? Jesus has come. He's changed everything about you. He gives you confidence now to move forward. Now, jump with me to the New Testament, if you will. I want to take the story there in Colossians chapter 3 as we move that, because it's a definitive of who you are if you know Jesus. It's a verse on our past and our future. Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For you, what? Died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Thank you, Lord. That's amazing. That's the old you, your tendencies, your past are all swept into and away in your old life. And now you have a brand new identity and a brand new place to live life from. Why? Because you're hidden in Christ. You and I are tucked away in Jesus. We are protected in him. We have identified with him and he is God and that's where you are and that's who you are. That is your new identity in him. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you don't have pain. I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean that you're not dealing with damage today. But it means that you and I can have a brand new life. And there's a brand new you. You, you can identify with your past and not be defined by it. Can I hear an amen? So many people are defined by their past. But Jesus has promised us something new today in him. And that's literally, again, being reminded to take a hold of the 
nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And you go back. It, it, it might mean a few weeks, a few years, or maybe it was way back. You're taking hold of the one that you are now hidden in. It, it lets you know that you can be healed way back here and find strength to be released and delivered from your past. Listen, you cannot hang on to the past if you want to create a better future. I'm going to say it again. You cannot hang on to the past if you want to create a better future with God. You can't do it. It'll tear your life apart. We're never meant to do that. And so I don't think you can take hold of Christ and keep holding on to your past if you want to move forward. There's no way. Because why? His offer is brand new. Brand new. The nail-scarred hands lets you know that he can lead you into and away from every circumstance and every situation to take a step forward today. Because why? Because God will never, ever, ever let you down. Amen? God will never let you down. Second, not only do you need to go back, number two, you need to go forward in community. You, need, you and I need to go forward into community. Why? Because we can't do this thing by ourselves. You ever notice that? If, if you convince yourself that, that there's something in your past that you can work on privately, then you've got the wrong voice on the megaphone. You got the wrong voice on the megaphone. And you will be trapped by whatever it is that is in your past. Because why? Because God is about community. God is about community. God is so into community that it's not a private disciple of Christ that he's looking for. He actually is a community. Did you know that? God is community. It's who he is and what is made up inside of his life. We serve one God, but he has three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and who else? Holy Spirit. We relate to them in three different ways, but they are interrelated, interconnected, and a complete unity together. God is saying by who he is, we are all about community. That if we're going to break free from our past and go into our future, we're going to need help doing it. If you say, well, you know what? I, I don't need help. We're going to check back in with you later and see how that worked out for you. It doesn't work that way. Why? Because God's never designed us to live life on our own. Now, you hear us talk about this a lot here because we talk about community. But not only do you do that, we live community, right? Church is a community. But everything in our world is pulling us back to our default system. Do it alone. I can do this on my own. I'm, I fly solo. And there's a lot of flying solo Christianity going on. I can do this on my own. No, you can't. God's going to have to take you through some things to help you understand you and I were not created to do this life alone. God is community. It's who he is. And that's what he's called us to be. Why? We are in the image of God. He is community. We're called to live in it. Called to be a part of it. We can't do life on our own. That's for sure. Doesn't work out. So God's put us in a family. We see here in the reading, I want to back up to verse 1 in Colossians 1. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things where? Above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in 
God. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then he follows this up by saying, we need to get rid of a lot of stuff. Sin, immorality, filth, junk, lies of the enemy. We need to get rid of all this. And then as he comes through that, he says in verse 16, how? Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with what? With what? Wisdom. Wisdom. That doesn't mean that you have to get up on a stage and preach a message. It means you're in community with people and the community of people, you're dwelling richly together in the word of God. Together. We use God's word, and this is how we're called to use it, as a mirror in community. You know, when you open the Bible, it should be a mirror back to your life of the things that you're walking in and doing right and the things that all of us need to get better at and die to, right? The word of God is a mirror reflecting back. So long before you and I are called to preach a message to somebody else, we're called to preach a message to ourselves first because the word of God is a mirror that we look at it and say, there's things that I am doing right. Thank you, God, for your help and your faithfulness and your mercy. But there's some areas here, God, that I need to work on. And he will give you the strength to do that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. It's not just sit down, do a little talk, tell a story. No, we're gonna be anchored in God's word and we're gonna dwell richly there. And what comes as a result? Well, wisdom is gonna come out. Wisdom is going to come forward. Direction is going to come forward. Uh, divine direction, maybe discernment. The wisdom is going to be exchanged and interchanged between the people that God has put me in community with. Then what's going to happen? How do you do this? Well, we do it through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with what? Gratitude in your heart. So what happened in the wasteland in the desert? God did all that for his chosen people. The people that he formed that would do what? He says, I brought you out so that you would declare praise. God wants you to get out of the past and into your future because you have a song to sing that the world needs to hear today. You have a song to sing and the world needs to hear your song. That's what needs to happen. We're keeping the song on the inside of us. When God says, listen, I've delivered you and I have set you free. And let me tell you something. There's ever been a time that the world needs to hear our song, the song of who God is and his faithfulness. It is now and this hour that we live in. Amen. There's no such thing as a private disciple. I don't care. You can't open the word and show me that. Nowhere. You, are, you and I are called to be public disciples. In this theme called One This Year, you and I are called to proclaim who God is. One God, one mission, one message. We talked about that, and we've said that, and you'll continue to hear us talk about it. But there's no such thing as a private disciple. You cannot. When you came and said, Christ, come into my life and forgive me of my sins and the filth, and he came in and forgave you. When, when, when you got water baptized and I got water baptized, you and I got a job description. You and I got something to do now. And it's the Great Commission. There's no such thing as a private disciple. You have a song that the world needs to hear. And if you're not going to sing it, then who? A song of deliverance. 
A song of God's faithfulness, a song of God's freedom, bringing you into the new. God wants to birth a song from your past that you had in the valley. And, And somebody, hear me today, somebody, somebody in your world is waiting for you to sing the song of deliverance and the song of freedom. No, they're waiting for you because it's your story. And they know you, they have a relationship with you. And God wants you to sing it. Somebody is waiting to hear the song that God's put in your heart. You know, I look at community, it's like a, you know, on our, these new vehicles now, they have this lane correction system. You know, do you have that in your car? You know, you've seen, or ever driven one? The first time I drove one was in a rental vehicle. I thought, what in God's name? You know, <laughs> you're not, it's weird. <laughs> Look, his car is trying to overtake me. <laughs> uh, it, it's in it that if you have one, it'll warn you and kind of hold you in place on the road so you don't veer into the other lane and hit another vehicle or go over, you know, sideswipe another vehicle. Community is kind of like lane correction in our life. It's people in your life who keep you in God's plan and on to the future that God has for you. You know, right? Like, hey, you're veering a little bit too far to the right, too far to the left, and you need to come back to the middle. You need to correct. Like people in your life that, hey, I wouldn't go one more inch because that could be a catastrophic accident waiting to happen. If you do that, that could potentially be a problem. It's not we're beating people down. Jesus didn't beat people down. He loved them. The worst of the worst. He loved me and he loved you. Or somebody in our community that's saying, why are you building your permanent residence back here? Why, why are you still here when God's called you here? Why are you staying there when you should be up here because God's got a future and God's a, a God of motion? So when you said that you made all things new, God, that you meant me, right? And we need to hear people, you know, in, in, in our life, in our community that are saying, you know, well, I'm on the road and here it is. And, and you know, the person driving the vehicle is like, well, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I should be married any longer. Yeah, I didn't start off right anyways, you know. (laughs) Heard that before. That couldn't have been God. It's like, no, lane correction. Come back, right? Come back to center. Yeah, I'm just gonna go do what I want because, you know, it's what the world's about. Feel good. No, no, in community, it's, come on, bring it back. Come on. Bring it back to center. Let's, let's drive this thing. Let's move forward. Let's do, let's stay on the path. Stay on the path that God's created for all of us to, to live in. Community, it's about guardrails in your life. That's community. Some people miss that what they had in the past. Some people do. They want to go back and live, right? But uh, none of us can change the past. So all the time, the enemy's spending on the megaphone. What if we go back? What if it was like this? 
Boy, the lure of the enemy to speak in, the deceit of the enemy. You know, what if it was like this? You remember this back here? You remember when you did that? Life was carefree. You didn't have a care in the world. You don't have to care about anything now. Just do that again because it feels right. And so those are things that keep coming to the megaphone, luring us in. But, but listen, if you've taken a hold of Jesus's nail-scarred hands, you got a story that God did something new and wants to do something new and that he still gives beauty for ashes. And he can make a river and a desolate place and he can make things new in your life. I don't care what the enemy has said to you. God is in the business of making things new today. That's his word. That's not mine. That's his word. I just get to come and preach his word. It's his word. It will not fail. The key word from Isaiah the prophet was see or the old word. The original was behold. Behold, I'm doing something new. See this? I'm doing something new. I'm doing something new. Sometimes you got to see something in the spirit long before you'll ever get it in the physical. Amen? And so we want to see it first in the physical. Then we expect God. No, no. You got to see it in the spiritual before you get it in the physical most times. That's what I found out in my own life. How about you? Right? You're believing and you're praying and you're moving that way long before it ever has arrived, ever arrived. That's vision. That's moving forward. That's moving in the plan of God that he has for you. For your family, for your marriage, for your workplace, for the world that we live in today. Believe it. So when you put your faith in Jesus, your old self is covered in the blood of Jesus and you're brand new at that moment. We all have a past. It's real. Some of us, there's pain there that's still but you can still have that in your life and still say, you know what? I I can be a brand new me through Christ. And you can step forward with God today at this moment. And here's what I want to say to each and every one of you in this room that have kids and grandkids. Is listen, how do you expect your kids, your grandkids to step forward in their future if you're not going to? Come on, be the first mover be the first mover. Be the first mover today. Quit sitting there in the rut that you have been in for so long. Be the first mover, sir and ma'am, in your family. Lead the way. Move forward. God is a God of motion today. Stop letting the past have the megaphone. As we said last week, what happens is when fear is the megaphone, our past has the megaphone, What happens is what we've heard the enemy say gets into our heart and that's what we speak. But God says, I've made you brand new and I've put a new voice on the megaphone in your life and that's how I want you to live from this moment forward in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for who you are in your son Jesus in our lives. Lord, I speak over every person in this room today that we can be brand new. Brand new. Brand new. You are doing something new in our nation, in our world. Do we not perceive it? Understand it, God. That you are springing up. That God, you have been faithful to us in our past 
and you will be faithful in our future in our present. So Lord, I speak that over your people today. Maybe today as I've spoken here, more importantly that you felt God whisper, speak to you, tug upon your heart. That he is saying, you know what? I want you to give up your past in order to have a better future in me. If you sense that today in this room, that that's what God's saying to you. Can I see your hands? Anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See that hand. Thank you. Maybe today as you've come as well, maybe you said, you know what? I've never had a brand new life. I've never known Jesus as my Savior. I've never known him as the Lord. I've never asked for forgiveness of my sins. Right now in this moment, it's a beautiful opportunity because the love of the Lord is here. Oh, he cares about where you've come out of. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. But today, he's telling you that he has a better future for your life. That hell will no longer be your destination, but heaven will. And you're going to change that in this moment just by you simply confessing that he is Lord over your life. To confess your sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of every single one of them. As you come today, maybe you've never had a brand new life in Christ. I want to welcome you into a brand new life in Christ. And at this moment, if you say, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to make Jesus Lord and Savior in this moment today. If that's you, would you raise your hand in this room and say, Christ, come and live in me. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand of the balcony. I see that. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand in the back. I see that hand of the balcony there. Father, I thank you right now that people have signed over the deed of their life to you in this moment. And that, Lord, you have come in and made them brand new today and they will never be the same because of who you are in their life. Loving on them and working in them and encouraging them and letting them know there's a better future. So, Father, I thank you for that today. And I praise you for every hand that was raised today that they have accepted you as the way and the truth and the life. In your mighty name, we give you praise. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.